All right, guys, welcome to another edition of the Doodles Podcast. Uh, this one, I'm answering all my patrons' questions. Uh, so if you'd like to have your question answered on a future podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash sailingdoodles. Uh, and basically, I printed off a list of all the questions. So I, I made a, 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 a made a post on there and asked people to give me the questions. So I've done that. We're going to start off with the, uh, the titles of this here today is uh, the top five spots in the BVI for a family destination. I'm assuming you're on a cruising boat cruising around. So um, we will start there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different places. The BBI is actually, um, it can be quite a party place, um, but you can also have a family-friendly stuff too. Uh, there's plenty of places there. One of the one place I would say um, is over in uh, Joost van Dijk. Uh, you have Great Harbor, and right next to that is uh, White Bay. White Bay is where Soggy Dollar and all that is, and, and uh, Ivan's, I believe. Uh, and then uh, in Great Harbor is, which is right next to it, it's a short dinghy right over, is where Foxy's is, and there's a bunch of restaurants there. I would say uh, the Great Harbor side over where Foxy's is would be a good spot to bring your kids because it's a fairly well-protected area. And, you know, the adults can maybe do some nightlife at Foxy's late night, but then there's lots of other restaurants that you can go to uh, that are maybe a little more kid-friendly. I believe there's Corsairs, although when we were there a month, couple months ago, it wasn't open yet, but I'm hopefully Corsairs is open again. Uh, we'll see. But uh, it's a good spot there. I would love to recommend that. And then, really, uh, you know, there's uh, Cooper Island. Uh, there's the Cooper Island Resort that's uh, pretty nice. It's not too – it doesn't get too crazy. Some really good restaurants, and then it has a beach and everything there. Uh, let's see here. So that's two. And then – you know, oh gosh, I would say Virgin Gorda right there at Saber Rock. There is a little beach around the corner called, uh, I forget the name of the spot, but you'd go right by it as you're pulling into the Virgin Gorda Bay there. Uh, so Saber Rock's a good place for dinner. And also uh, there is, a, well, if they ever get the Bitter End Yacht Club done, you could go there as well. But, um, and then uh, they have moorings at all these places so far. And then, you know, uh, Norman Island, uh, that's where uh, Willie T's is. That's not necessarily a kid-friendly place, especially little kids. Uh, there are some people occasionally jumping nude off of there. But uh, there is right next to that, there's the Pirate's Bite uh, restaurant and beach, um, which is pretty nice. And then there's a lot of really good snorkeling around there. So you can go over the Indians or you can go to the caves and take the kids snorkeling right there. So that's a good spot as well. Uh, let's see here. Um, and then, you know, uh, Cane Garden Bay. That's one of my favorite spots. It has a really nice beach. And there's lots of good restaurants and stuff there, uh, so you can check that out. So that's the top five places I'd say would be family-friendly in the BBI. I mean, that's kind of just the top five places in the BBI. But All right, um, so uh, that was from John uh, Malenfant. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. All right, from Sean Eric, what does your video editing workflow look like, and has it changed much going with uh, more frequent leases? And uh, imagine the dark side uh, it gets easier since I have AC power running all the time, but how do you archive footage when you don't have power? Uh, sure. So I'm actually going to uh, share my screen with you here and show you some of this. Um, let me uh, – so – I will share my screen. There we go. All right. So this is all the footage I have here. Basically, I break everything down by day. So uh, well, obviously, I've already got footage from 2022, so starting at uh, January 3rd. And I've broken it down by day, all the footage. And then here's the old footage from last year that I still haven't just kind of cleaned out from November. And then I can show you. Uh, so that's all. Every day's footage is in its own folder. And then if I go into that folder, 
I've got all the footage broken down into more subfolders. Like the first folder is 01A getting moving, 01B drone at the same time. So I'm filming us getting off the mooring and I'm flying the drone at the same time. So 01A, 01B, and then the next uh, folder would be 02 underway. So I can click on that and that's just all of us talking underway and doing all these things. And then there's sailing B-roll, drone underway, all this. And then, um, uh, then I have, I make, uh, a little moving map, and I, this is a question later on from Maxime Pru. I don't know how you say that, Pru, from Maxime. Um, basically, uh, so I do a screenshot on Google Earth, and I take that, and then I have this little program that I run in After Effects that will make this, uh, I mean, I have to program it, so I have to do all this, but it makes it pretty easy to uh, create the animation for that. And then uh, I upload all of this to Dropbox. Um, so uh, I'm going to pull my screen back here to see if, okay, good, I'm back. Uh, so I upload all of that to Dropbox. And uh, so that can be a little time consuming uh, and hard to find internet. Uh, so I've, I've done it before where I've had to get an Airbnb just to leave my computer hooked up to the Wi-Fi uploading. Because I mean, sometimes we're talking a couple hundred, couple 400 gigabytes. I've had that happen where I've had to upload 400 gigabytes. And sometimes I've even, um, uh, I've uh, mailed, FedExed a uh, SD card with you know a couple hundred gigs worth of footage on there uh, to my mother who has. It was actually quite difficult to um, talk her through how to upload all that, but uh, I now have somebody else I think that can do that. So that's kind of my workflow and all that. Um, so there you go. Uh, so I have it all organized in the footage, and then of course then when I start editing, um, it's all in one section there, but. Uh, and it just takes me a while to get all that done. But that's kind of the way it goes. Uh, when can you tell us about the new cat? That's from Schmoops, Eric and Jen. Um, Schmoops Adventures. Uh, they, um, so I don't know yet. I thought I'd be able to tell you by now. It is a 53-foot. I have put a deposit down on it. Um, and for those of you guessing, you probably are right which model. But I can't say it yet just because I want to make one big announcement when it happens. And uh, so... Wanted to know some what, what about it. So it is um, 53 feet. I offhand I don't 52 and a half. I don't, offhand I don't know the beam. Uh, I'd have to look it up. But it's I like a lot of the features on it. It so the older style cats um, and you know the reason you had the trampoline up front is to is mostly to save weight, right? Because you don't want that much weight on the bow. Now the Bali cats have started doing away with the trampoline and all together. Um, and then you're seeing catamarans move that trampoline smaller and smaller as it gets forward. Uh, or, I mean, they move the trampoline more forward and the trampoline is much smaller. That's kind of the case on this. The trampoline would be maybe two-thirds the size of your standard, like, you know, uh, regular catamaran. And it, because of that, it has uh, a seating area up there, like proper seating area with a table. And it does have a door walking through from that seating area into the salon, which is really nice. Uh, and then it has a pretty well open aft area. Uh, and then it does have a whole flybridge area. So it's got uh, the helm is raised on its own flybridge. And there is a bunch of seating around that flybridge. And then above that is a hard top where the, uh, where the um, solar goes. It, uh, it will have twin electric motors and a really big generator. So, and then, of course, lithium and a lot of solar. So it, um, it, uh, it, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It, it should be a pretty cool boat. Uh, something that not many people have going yet is kind of the hybrid electric. I know those are on the way, but some, uh, you know, 
They just haven't been out yet. But so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see here. So Matt uh, Shran, what are your best memories since you started sailing adventure? What is your upcoming five-year plan? Well, I mean, I loved going through the South Pacific. That was really cool. I, I, we went way too fast. I'd love to get back to French Polynesia, Fiji, and Vanuatu. Specifically, I, there was one time in Vanuatu where we uh, met just uh, – we were just hanging out on the beach, and this guy from a local village invited us to his village. There was only like five people in the village, and we had dinner with them, and it was great. Nobody spoke – they didn't speak English. We didn't speak their language, but we had a good time. So it was pretty cool. Um, and then you're only going to experience stuff like that in the South Pacific because um, it's just kind of remote. Uh you know, I had some good times down in uh, Mexico and La Paz and all that. Uh, really enjoyed it there. Uh, of course, the Caribbean. I mean, you can't beat it. But uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back in the South Pacific. Uh, and so the next five years, the catamaran won't be ready until next spring or early summer. Uh, so basically, I'm going to bring the dark side back to um, the United States sometime in June. And at that point, I'll let it be known that I am going to sell it because I have to sell it to pay for most of the or a lot of the new boat um so uh, basically it, it kind of depends at that point uh if somebody makes me an offer i can't refuse on it they can have it right then in june uh if not i will sail it up to the northeast and kind of go in the new england area up into uh, uh newport or uh, block island uh, chesapeake up there in, in long island sound and maybe up martha's vineyard all that stuff uh and then you know so but then in, by the fall i definitely do need to sell it, so I'd probably bring it back down to Florida, where I think it would be easiest to sell. So if anybody's interested, uh, you can get in touch with me. Um, I think there was an identical boat to this, one year older, um, that sold for two ninety eight. dollars um, But I, when I say identical, same model, one year older. But this one's been modified. This one has the aft cockpit addition so it was extended by eight feet which also gave it another 300 gallons of fuel another 100 gallons of water and the stern generator the th so it has two generators on this boat so i mean i think that's pretty valuable so i'd probably ask around 350 for this um hopefully um so we'll see how that goes and then after that honestly don't know uh what are your plans for the next few months in terms of location? Well, I kind of mentioned that um, just the next couple months, and that's from uh, SC Southern. Um, so the next couple months, uh, we are leaving tomorrow, or Sunday rather, to go to the Dominican Republic. We'll spend 10 days there, and then we will haul butt uh, up to Georgetown in the Exumas, uh, check in there, and then move up the Exumas and end up in the Abacos by around April 19th or 20th. Because on the 21st, we are flying to Athens, Greece, where we are getting on uh, Oceana 62 and going to go sail that around for two weeks in Greece. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Then back to the boat and the Abacos. We'll cruise around the Abacos for the rest of May and then sometime in June head over to Florida and then start heading north or whatever. Um, so uh, let's see here. Um, uh, James Donner, what is the biggest adjustment between navigation, sailing, and a motor yacht and piloting an aircraft? I guess speed. That's about it. Um, you know, basically navigation is pretty similar um, between flying and sailing. Um, it's just you know you're going one percent the one percent the speed while you're at uh, on, on a boat. Other than that, it's pretty similar though. Uh, K Dog asks, uh, are you and Steph a couple? We are dating. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Maxime, again. Um, how do you manage uh, to create boat trajectory animation? Um, do you use a special software for it? Um, 
Yeah, so uh, basically I take two, three screenshots, three screenshots on Google Earth, uh, one of the departure area, one of kind of the, the whole area that the boat's going to travel, and then one of the arrival area. And then there's this program um, through, it's a, it's, a, it's a script through uh, Adobe um, After Effects. And it took me a little while to learn it, but now I'm pretty good. I can pop one out in five minutes, so it's not too hard anymore. Um, let's see here. Dave Allen, uh, with all the girls on board all the time and not much space, is there any drama? Not really. No. Um, you know, uh, oops, sorry. Uh, oh, I was looking at the wrong one. Sorry. Uh, not really. Uh, no. I mean, not really. So it's been pretty nice. Um, I mean, there have been drama at times, but not, not, not recently, mostly. So, uh, Kevin asked, do, do I ever talk to Laura anymore? No. Well, occasional email because I'm still paying her um, so I, I think I'll have that all finished uh, later this year anyway um, so uh, OC at the anchorages there are there there are a lot of catamarans are uh, the majority rental or private in the BVI definitely rental uh, I'd say I mean probably half the cats you see down here in the Caribbean are rentals. That's probably a little different in the Bahamas. Most of the cats you see are privately owned, but down here uh, they're almost all well, they're majority rentals. Uh, Steve uh, Fleming, Bobby, are you happy? Yeah. Pretty happy, man. This is hard kind of hard to beat this life, you know. Uh, Steven Rolls uh, wondering why y'all can snorkel in a swimsuit bikini, uh, but scuba requires a wetsuit. Generally, it's because uh, in scuba diving, you're going deeper and you're down there longer. You know, you're fully um, submersed for 45 minutes to an hour, and the water, as deeper you go, is colder. So that's why it's colder. Um, the water is actually fairly cool right now. Like when we were here in November, the water was perfect. It was like 84 degrees. It was awesome. Love it. Now the water temperature is like 78, 76, which. Uh, it's a little chilly, um, but it's warming up. It's getting warmer almost every day now. So in the next month or two, it'll really warm up. Uh, where do I, Adrian asks, where do you see yourself in the next uh, five to ten years? Ooh, um, in five to ten, I have no idea, honestly. Um, I have no, I, I mean, in the next five years, I can tell you, like, cruising the South Pacific and the New Cat uh, over to the Mediterranean, all these places. Um, so, uh and it looks like it looks like when I get delivery of the cat, um, they're gonna want to put it in the Annapolis boat show and then the other boat shows uh, fall of 23. So I'll definitely be doing that in the fall of 23. Then I will head south. I will not go to the Caribbean. I'll go across the Gulf of Mexico to Mexico down um, uh, down uh, Central America through the canal and then parts west. Uh, but five to ten. I have no idea. Uh, Brian Gordon, I've been watching your videos since the beginning with Stephanie. Will, uh, will Oh, sorry, since the beginning. Will Stephanie be staying with you for a while like Laura and Taylor? Stephanie is so cute and fun. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the plan for now. Uh, for sure. Uh-oh, Bucky's crying. I don't know if you can hear that. The girls just uh, left to go to the beach, and they're not, because they're going to go into a further beach, so they're not taking them with them. Uh, so he's crying a little. Um, let's see here. Mike. Did you ever find a person to take over glamping doodles? No, I have not. Um, kind of my plan is to start filming again for that in July and August. I'll be going to Burning Man again this year. I just bought my tickets yesterday. So uh, so July, August, uh, into September, I plan to film uh, the glamping stuff. 
Uh, and then at that point, yeah, I'd like to pass it on to somebody else because I just don't have time to film for both. Because just about the time I get the momentum going on that channel again, because I took a you know five or six month hiatus last time while I was filming for Sailing Doodles, then when we oh he's crying at the door. All right, so I went and got Bucky here. He maybe he'll be a little less lonely. He likes to hang out in the uh, the cockpit out there, but when the girls leave, he gets a little upset. So. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to find somebody to take over for Glamping Doodles eventually. Um, let's see if he, the camera gets a shot up. No, it doesn't, but here he is. What's up? Uh, let's see. Um, Mike Prevo again. Uh, have you ever had any problems with any crew members or yourself getting access to an area like visa or passport issues? Well, we're having that right now. Um, it's, it's a messed up thing. I, I don't, I mean, I kind of understand why, but so the problem is, Europeans can come to the United States, no problem, but they need an ESTA. Uh, I don't know what that stands for, but um, it's basically like a visa, but not really. You just apply online, pay. I don't even think you pay anything, maybe 10 15 bucks, and then you're allowed to come in. But that's only good on commercial vessels, airplanes, uh, ferries, something like that. It is not good on a private vessel. So you have to, you do need an actual visa if you want to come on a private vessel which is a pain because they're especially right now it's really hard to get a visa so what happens generally is say we were going to the usvi we would go to the bvi first check in and then we would get her what are you doing and then we would get her on the ferry from the bvi to the usvi because that's a commercial boat and then we would just take our boat over there and pick her up and then we're in the united states we're good to go uh now then uh we have uh also on our boat right now you want to get down we have an Argentinian, and she needs a visa no matter what. Okay. So she needs a visa no matter what. Um, so we would love to go to Puerto Rico and do the south coast of Puerto Rico on our way to the DR, but we can't because of that. We do have for her a um, an appointment in the Bahamas um, with the consulate there to get... Okay, Bucky, stop it. Hey, stop. Um, to we have an we have an appointment there at the end of March for her to get a visa to the U.S. So there can be problems there. Um, ZK, are you still using the Garmin Map Share where we can follow your trips? Uh, you know what? I'll go to the um, Marine Store this afternoon and see if I can find a new one. I had one on the boat. It has disappeared. I think it maybe fell off the boat or something. I don't know. So, um, but I plan on doing that. I'll make a post to patrons because it's just for patrons. So when uh, when uh, when I get that done, I will post it on Patreon. Uh, where did G go? She is uh, back in Mallorca. She got a job um, on a private airline, I believe, as a flight attendant. So I think she's pretty happy over there. Kenneth A. Floyd. When cruising uh, non-English speaking countries, Puerto Rico, Thailand, how hard are the communications, specifically radio comms? Uh, nobody uses radios. Um, really, in Thailand, forget it. Nobody's an Nobody's listening. I mean, maybe the Coast Guard, if you're in the area, they're listening, but marine, mar marinas, they don't have the radio on. Uh, and Puerto Rico, um, all the marina people speak English, so that's not too bad. Uh, down here in the Caribbean, um, it's either French or English, uh, but most of the marina operators still speak English, um, so it's not too hard. So it's really not too hard here. Um, it's really not. And it's kind of, kind of the... I mean, I don't know if it's exactly the same, but like 
in aviation, the international language is English, which is kind of nice for English speakers if we don't have to learn like French or German. Um, Roger Cox, um, is there a useful comparison of the Caribbean area and the South Seas area of the globe? Particularly of interest will be cost, safety of the crew members on the boat from storms and pirates. I know that pirates exist in the Caribbean, but there are a significant factor of sailing experience. Um, the ability to anchor safely during storms is a primary example of sailing. The ability to avoid pirates is another of those critical areas. For example, the Gulf of Aden is a no-go zone for sailing. Yeah, I mean, there are pirates down in the Caribbean, but not in anywhere, I mean, like off the coast of Venezuela. I mean, not anywhere around St. Martin or St. Bart's or St. Lucia or, uh, you know, in the Grenadines. There's not any pirates there, so you don't have to worry about that there. I mean, obviously, you get over in the Gulf of Aden, yes, um, or some places around the Philippines. So I'm not really too worried about pirates. Uh, just avoid those areas. I don't sail in them. Um, as far as safety, um, you know, uh, plan ahead. Um, you know, we've been waiting here an extra week for weather, right? Because um, we have a good weather window, we think, on Sunday. I wanted to leave last Monday, but the weather's been crappy for a week. Well, it's not been crappy. It's been nice weather. It's just been really windy. So it's just plan ahead. And, you know, you're not going to... That, that's kind of the thing about the Caribbean is that your long, you know, your average sail is going to be 60 miles. So... Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear Bucky crying in the background, but he is upset that the girls left. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, costs and all that in the southern areas, you know, I mean, in Latin America, it's definitely cheaper. Um, it's not as safe in some places, you know, like Venezuela and all that, but, you know, it's cheaper. And in Asia, it's a lot cheaper. So, all right, Traveling Ag asks, is the tradition of topless jumps at Willie T's still a thing? I didn't even I didn't see that when we were there. Um, I don't think it's as common now. I think I think now because everybody has cell phones like or, or cameras in their pocket at all times, uh, you know, it's not as common, right? Nobody wants to be filmed uh, when they're not knowing it, jumping off Willie T's and then it makes it on the internet and goes viral. I just don't, I didn't see it when I was there. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It probably happens more often at night now than it does, you know, during the day. Um, but yeah, it's not as much of a thing. All right, uh, let's see here. Mart um, Cascula, uh, is the Mongol rally still going? Route selection is getting a bit more challenging. I'm not gonna do it. So the Mongol rally, which I was planning to do, leaves from London and it goes to Mongolia and you have to go through basically Russia and a lot of routes go through Ukraine and all that. So no, I'm not doing that um, this year. Uh, kind of sucks. I don't. I, I don't know when it will happen again, but you know we'll see how things turn out. But I'm not gonna go. Uh, Jason Colbreth, any chance we could get you to do an editory editing tutorial, specifically how you slice up and combine and store material from the different cameras? I mean, I kind of went over that a little bit in this video. Um, Maybe I could do more of a thing, but I'd probably just do it for patrons. I don't think that would be, I don't think most viewers would be too interested in that. So, yeah. Uh, Brian Beverly, did Steph uh, pay off her bowling bet? Uh, don't need uh, you to film it. Just curious. Uh, not yet. We need her to do that. Uh, maybe we'll have her do that um, this week. Because uh, what we're going to do is we're going to sail from here uh, to off the coast of Puerto Rico. We can't actually check into Puerto Rico, so we can't go ashore or anything. So we are gonna go 
18 or so hours from here Sunday to um, an island off the south coast of Puerto Rico that's uninhabited, and we're going to anchor there like um, to rest overnight. Uh, and then the next day we'll get up and continue. Uh, so maybe when we get there, we'll have her jump off the top deck or something. But yeah, uh, so she lost a bowling bet and she has to jump topless off the or naked. Was it naked? I think naked off the top that thing. And she's afraid of heights. She won't. She she really doesn't even like doing it clothes. So we'll see. William uh, Resch, Bobby, maybe I'm overly anxious, but if I were cruising, I think I would have some serious angst trepidation leaving my boat anchored and moored unattended in the big blue ocean. Does it ever cross your mind that your boat could somehow snap a line or come unanchored, unmoored, and you would dingy back to nothing, at least on an island like or on an inland lake and on Ohio, it can only go so far. Thanks in advance. Uh, I mean, sure, uh, it can be a concern. Um you know, I, I, the anchor situation I have is pretty good, um, so I'm not too worried about it. I got the Mantis anchor on there that's a really big, beefy anchor. I've got 3 h inch chain, which is really nice chain, uh, uh, and then I've got the big Mantis bridle. I'm not really worried about the anchor. Um, I mean, you can drag, I guess, but you're not going to drag too far, hopefully, and nothing's behind you to drag into. Moorings is maybe a bit more of an issue. They're a lot easier to catch than anchoring, and they're faster. But, uh, you know, that's why you should always snorkel on the mooring to check it out. I mean, look look and see how the connections are. You know, are they really old and rusty, or are they, you know, are they, uh, are they in good shape? So it's always kind of important to, especially if you're going to be there any significant amount of time or in any kind of significant weather, uh, dive on your mooring and check it out um but i mean that's what insurance is for uh you know uh you can't if you're worried about that all the time you'd never enjoy any time on land and you'd always be worried about it so yeah i mean you gotta gotta you know not worry too much uh christopher justice have you ever sailed um to the southern curve you're gonna be in barbados st lucia grenada i have done grenada oh no no not grenada i have done um st kitts in the grenadines um I was kind of planning on doing that this year, but stuff happens, you know, COVID and all that crap. Uh, so, no, uh, eventually I will, but it could be a long time, so I'm not sure. Uh, Scott Slutter, uh, what is your favorite beer and mixed drink of choice? Most Caribbean pirates are for rum, but it seems like y'all uh, like yourself some tequila. Yeah, I'm not much of a rum guy. Um uh, more of a brown drink guy, you know, a little bourbon, just, I mean, a little bit of ice or something like that. Uh, I, don't, I don't drink too many cocktails. Uh, I, I mean, if I go to a cocktail lately, it's been like like a gin and tonic, uh, not gin and tonic, like a uh, Moscow Mule or a gin and ginger with a splash of lime. Um, that's kind of what my drink lately. It's kind of the gin drinks. Um, uh, beer, whatever's available. I mean, I'm not, I don't really like the hoppy beers. I kind of like the light beers just because, you know, I can have a couple of the IPAs and then I'm like, I can't drink that anymore. Whereas I can drink a light beer all day long, you know? So, uh, let's see here. Kevin Smith, I have some interest in possibly purchasing a boat and putting it into a charter program. I'm worried about getting scammed. I imagine insurance is quite a bit higher. Is it like having a combo condo and a nightly rental program? Uh, I wanted to use the boat while I would have the, if I wanted to use the boat, would I have to block off that time? Okay. Good question for what I got going on now. So I've kind of partnered with Navigar. Navigar is a yacht charter and management company. Um, so you Navigar yachting.com. And I believe if you use the code doodles at checkout, you get 300 bucks off your charter. So you can check them out. 
Um, but um, kind of the way that works is you can purchase a boat with them, and they have uh, 15 bases around the world and like 400 boats, so they're a pretty well-known company. Um, I feel they're a good, trustworthy company. I wouldn't feel about getting scammed with, with that. And they do actually take care of their boats and maintenance. Like, uh, I'm not going to say other names of charter companies. Um, it's not going to, but a couple of them have reputations of not taking care of their boats. Um, the way that works is, say you put 20% down on your boat. So I don't know. Say it's a five. You know, I mean, say you, I don't know. Say if, just for math's sake, we'll say it's a $500,000 boat. You put $100,000 down. And then your guaranteed income, there's two ways you can do it with them. You can either take their guaranteed income program where, you know, I don't know, I don't know exactly what their income is, but the, uh, ideally I think it should pay for the note. Like, so say, um, uh, you know, your note is $5,000 a month on that boat. They're going to guarantee you $5,000 a month in income. Uh, so you put the 20% down. Uh, with the guaranteed income deal, uh, that's kind of the whole goal is supposed to pay for itself. Uh, and then you get like six weeks a year on the boat to use. I think you get, and they have it broken up into different ways. Like they give you points, right? Um, so if you want to use your boat, uh, in the high season, you get, I don't know, say you get, I, I don't know, just for, we'll, we'll call it points. You get, uh, 10 points, right? So um, now it's me more now. I mean, you get, if you get six weeks a year on a boat, um, you know, you're at 42, uh, when it was my 40, yeah, anyway, you get, I don't know, you get so many points and then, uh, it's one to one. Like if you want to use it in the high, high season. So you want to go for a week, you use seven of your points and you get the boat for a week in the high season. Now, if you want to do it in the low season, when the boats aren't used as much, you can get it double points, right? So you can get, you know, 14 days for those seven points or something like that. So you, you can use it how you want it. You get a guaranteed income. You get guaranteed usage of the boat. And you don't have to use just your boat. I mean, that's they have 12, 15 destinations around the world. They have one in Greece. We're going to Greece in, in six weeks to get on one of their boats. They have one in the BBI. They have one in the Bahamas. They have a bunch in the Med. They have some in Switzerland and stuff like that. So, uh, so that's the guaranteed income. Uh, the downside of that is that uh, you're not really running it as a business, so you will take the depreciation hit. But, you know, ideally you're not paying full price for the boat, right? Um, but if you do it a different way where you don't, and I think that's, oh, that's what it was. I think they guarantee for that like 9% um, um, a year. So 9% of the value of the boat per year. Uh so if the value of the boat was, you know, $500,000, you're getting 40, you're getting, you know, $4,500, $45,000 guaranteed income for that year, which hopefully would pay your note for the year, I guess. Um, now then, if you don't do the guaranteed income, uh, so it's not guaranteed if something like COVID happens or whatever, I mean, you're kind of screwed, right? Um, but they average 12% return. So you get a little bit more. So instead of $50,000 or $45,000 a year, they're getting $60,000 a year. And here's the real kicker. This is why it's because technically at that point, you're running it as a business. So then you get the tax write off of the depreciation. You know, you can uh, roll that into uh, if you if you already own your own business or something like that, you can or I guess you can I, I 
they're they're smarter about it than I am. But you can write off the depreciation of the boat, and so that sixty thousand dollars you're earning a year, well, you can say, well, it depreciated sixty thousand dollars that year, so I'm not paying any income on that sixty thousand dollars a year. Whereas I guess the other one you might be paying income tax on it. So I don't know. But Navigar Yachting, um, tell them the doodles sent you, please, because uh, that kind of helps us with our relationship. They were really happy. We we did a, a, a trip with them in the BVI. They were really happy about it. That's why they invited us back. Uh, on We're going to one of their boats at the end of April um, in Greece for two weeks. So we're looking forward to that. Um, uh, OC, with all the unfortunate world events, are you still going to do the Mongo Rally? No, kind of addressed that one earlier, so... Uh, let's see here. And Jeff, final question. Jeff Peterson, did you ever uh, consider making uh, a crew training, just a crew training video? Would be handy when bringing on new crew, new crew on board who do not need zero to hero. Um, well, for crew that come on board this, I give them complimentary access to um, uh, zero to hero. Uh, I mean, I can look into it to see if, if I can split the course up into just a crew course and maybe make it a little bit less expensive, but I'll look into it, so thanks. But, you know, I wanted to say thanks to a few of you patrons here. Um, oh, did I not have it up anymore? Oh, here it is. So I want to give a shout-out to our top-tier patrons. Thank you so much. Jack McDevitt uh, has been a patron for a very long time, since 2017, so thank you so much. Appreciate you. Mike McGinnis, um, since 2020, thank you as well. Uh, and then Jerry and Terry Nolan have been since 2020, and you guys are awesome. Uh, John Watkins, um, Ken Ham, uh, Gary Doyle, Matt Brown of MJ Brown Construction, Laura Brown, uh, and Giuseppe Mette, uh, Donald Eastwood, David Grimsley. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for uh, being patrons. You guys are awesome. But uh, uh, all right, please click the subscribe button to this. And, uh, you know, we'll see you on the next one. I'm actually the next podcast. I'm interviewing them this afternoon. It is a family of four. They have a, I think, 14-year-old and a 9-year-old. And they've been cruising. So we're going to see how they do uh, with the family. But thank you guys for tuning in.